1: Delta and Stanley tools. Now here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
1: And happy holidays, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the holiday season. You might be taking a break from home improvement right now. We get that. But you know what? You might also be planning your improvements for 2015, which is right around the corner. We can help with that. So pick up the phone and call us with projects that you have in mind, questions that you need answers to. From a do-it-yourself project to a decor dilemma, what's on your to-do list? Let's move it over to ours. Pick up the phone and call us at 888 Pit because we are here to help you get those projects done. Coming up on today's program, if you're taking a trip this holiday season, you might be bringing a few souvenirs home. We want to help you make sure that bed bugs aren't among them. We'll tell you what you need to know about these nightmarish insects before you travel this season in just a bit.
0: Ugh, gross, Tom. Thanks a lot. Now you've given me the willies for the rest of the day. <laughs> gross. And American manufacturing is on the rise, which is great news. Do you want to help keep that momentum going? We've got great advice for making your home improvement projects as good for the economy as they are for your house.
1: And do you have a gas fireplace? Well, before you use it, you want to make sure it's safe. We'll tell you what to check on before you cozy up to the heat.
0: And one caller we talked to on the air this hour is going to win one of my favorite new gadgets. And with small kids, it is super helpful. It is the Delta Temp2O showerhead. Now it's available exclusively at the Home Depot, and it's a hand shower that takes the guesswork out of your shower by telling you exactly what that water temperature is by color coding before you step in. So it's hugely helpful with my little guys. So I know that nobody is going to get burnt
1: or be too chilly. And it's operated by water. Power, not batteries, which makes it easy to install and easier to maintain. And it's free to one listener we talk with today, so give us a call right now. That Delta Temp two O shower head is going out to one caller drawn at random to those that reach us for today's show at one eight 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 Money Pit. Eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Heading
0: over to Missouri where James has a painting question. What can we do for you today?
2: Well, I have some sixty year old cedar lap siding, and I was wondering what type of paint would stick best to it.
1: The cedar siding, has it ever been painted, Jim? Yes. Was it painted or stained? It was painted. So the most important thing here is going to be the prep. You're going to want to sand down the old paint to make sure that you're removing any loose material that's been left behind. And then you're going to want to prime it. And I would recommend that you use an oil-based primer on that and because that's going to give you really good adhesion for the top coat. Then beyond that, you can use a good quality exterior latex paint on top of the oil-based primer, but you want to make sure that you purchase the best quality paint, like for example, Benjamin Moore or Sherwin-Williams, because better paint's going to have more titanium dioxide, which is the colorant that's in that paint. And it's going to give you the best bang for your buck and last the longest. Eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. This is The Money Pit, home improvement radio show.
0: All right, let's head out to Arkansas, where ann has got a question about a hot water tank. What's going on, Anne?
3: I have an unoccupied house, and the hot water heater is on a screened-in porch. It is partially protected on two sides, and the temperature is going to be down in the low teens for a couple of nights. And for 48 hours or so, uh, the temperature will not be above freezing.
1: How long is the house going to be unoccupied, Ann?
3: Oh, I don't know.
1: I mean, is this the kind of thing where, you know, it could be this way for months? Yes. Well, if it's going to be that way for months, I would drain the water. I would drain the water heater. I would drain the plumbing system. And I would leave the heat on uh, a low setting because we don't want the building to swell. We don't want the doors to swell and that sort of thing. So I'd leave the heat on like around 55, 60 degrees. But I would definitely drain the plumbing system because there's really no point in leaving it on. And if you do, you could get a a pipe freeze and a break. Does that make sense?
0: Okay. I appreciate it.
1: You're welcome, man. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
0: You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, we are quickly approaching the end of 2014. So what do you have planned for your Money Pit for the new year? Let us give you a hand with that project. We are here for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEY-PIT.
1: 888-666-3974. Up next, do you know the signs of a dead bug infestation? We're going to teach you what to look for before you step foot into a hotel or guest room so you don't get bit or bring those bugs home from the holiday trip you're taking. We'll tell you what you need to know next. You live in a body
0: pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors?
1: That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher.
4: The Money Fit is brought to you by the Chamberlain MyQ Garage. If you forget to close your garage door, it alerts your smartphone so you can control it from anywhere. Works with most garage door openers. Discover smarter possibilities at Chamberlain.com. Making good
1: homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
4: And I'm Leslie
0: Segretti.
1: The number to call is 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Hey, have you ever stepped into the shower only to jump back out from shower shock?
0: Yeah, well, no more, because Delta has figured out a way to make sure that that is never going to happen again with the introduction of the new Delta showerhead with Temp2O technology. Now, this showerhead actually has an LED display with the temperature on it by a color coding, and it's water powered so you have no batteries to deal with at all.
1: Yeah, the Delta showerhead with Temp Two O technology is available exclusively at the Home Depot, but we're giving one away to a caller drawn at random. So make that you by picking up the phone and calling us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. It's a prize worth about 80 bucks.
0: Now we've got Joan in Illinois on the line who's dealing with a mold issue. Tell us about it, Joan. Well, I'm wondering what
5: causes dry rot and how you can tell if you If you have it.
1: Okay. Well, what are you seeing, Joan?
5: Coming down to the floor, there's about an inch below the molding, and I took the carpet up and I saw sawdust down there, and I wondered if it was dry rot. Right.
1: So first of all, there's no such thing as dry rot. There's only wet rot. Wood that gets wet, it gets over 25% moist, can start to decay. Then if that wood also dries out, that's what people call dry rot. But it's really sort of a, of a misnomer because it's not really dry rot, it's wet rot that has dried out.
5: Oh, so we can't cause it by overheating or underhumidifying a house?
1: No. Well, not overheating, but if you, if you overhumidify, I guess it's technically possible because you'd put a lot of water in there. But, but no, you're not going to cause it by overheating. Now, in terms of what you're seeing under this molding, I think that would bear some further investigation. When you mentioned sawdust, I think about carpenter ants, for example. And so I, I would make sure that I know exactly what's causing this. One of the things that you could do is you could take a picture of it and you could post it to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash themoneypit. We'll take a look at it and give you an opinion. Uh, or you could post it to the community section at moneypit.com. How about that?
5: That sounds great.
1: All right, Joan, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT.
0: All right, we're heading over to Virginia now where Greg is dealing with a hard water situation. Tell us what's going on at your money pit.
2: I have a little uh, farmhouse up in Virginia and very hard water and was looking at some of the options of how to address that, salt-based, salt-free, reverse osmosis, magnetic, et cetera, and it's all confusing what's real and what's, what's uh, reasonable from a price standpoint.
1: All right, so you're on well water, I presume, correct? And have you had the water tested for other contaminants?
2: Uh, when we first bought it, it's safe to drink. We haven't tested it in the last several years. but
1: Okay. So the first thing I would do is I would have the water tested so that you know exactly what you're dealing with. Because if there's some contaminants in there, that's going to change the type of system that you put in. Now, if the water test reveals that your only problem is hard water, then I would try what you're calling the magnetic option And there's a product called Easy Water, E-A-S-Y water.com, that I've had good success with. And what Easy Water does is essentially is installed at the pump, or actually where the water enters the building, and it charges the hard water particles and then gives them a charge so that they don't stick together and they pass through the plumbing system without causing all of the types of issues that are associated with hard water, hard water deposits, iron stains, and that sort of thing. And the reason I'd suggest easy water is because if you don't like it, they have a money-back guarantee, and they seem to be good people, and I think the science behind it is solid. There's a lot of uh, folks out there that, uh, once they saw the success that Easy Water was having, copied or tried to copy the technology, but I think if you go to EASYwater.com, try that product, see what you think, uh, I think you'll be good to go. But again, test first, because we want to make sure that there's no other contaminants.
2: Excellent. And it's not a permanent process, so the water downstream, this process reverses itself, but... From the time it comes into your house until it's
1: out. Yeah, from the time it comes in to the time it leaves, that's when it's your responsibility, right? I
2: agree. Very
1: good. All right, good luck with that project, Greg. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
0: Well, if you're traveling this holiday, there's a good chance you'll be bringing some new things home with you. Just please, 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 for the love of God, make sure that bed bugs are not one of them.
1: Yep, bed bugs have made a huge comeback the past few years. They don't spread diseases, but they do bite and they do cause itchy welts, and worse, they're really hard to evict. So the key is keeping them out to begin with.
0: Yeah, bedbugs are most likely to hitch a ride with you when you're traveling. So if you're staying at a hotel or another person's house this holiday, you want to make sure you know what to look for. Now, bedbugs themselves are flat, tiny insects with tan to brown coloring until after they bite. Once they've bitten, they turn a reddish color because they're filled with your blood. It's really gross. Uh, <laughs> it's so gross. Now, the Adults, they're really tiny. I'm talking about three sixteenths of an inch long, which is about the size of an apple seed.
1: You want to review your hotel or your guest room right away for signs of the infestation. You want to look for brown or red spots on sheets or other fabrics and be alert for a musty, sweet odor because that's the smell of bed bugs.
0: Gross. This sounds like every room I visited on Hotel Impossible. Disgusting. Um, Anyway, you want to also make sure you pick up the sheet and look at the mattress and the box spring themselves. Really, really, really take a close look because bed bugs are going to tend to settle in close proximity to their food source, which is you. So you want to make sure that you lift and look around your beds and the bedding. You also want to elevate your luggage and other items off of the floor. Better yet, I know that Anthony, host of Hotel Impossible, would keep his luggage in the bathroom on the tile. So... Think about those options because you don't want them getting in your luggage.
1: That's a great tip. And speaking of luggage, you do want to check out that luggage for bed bugs as soon as you get home. And if you do see signs, call in the pros right away. Treating an infestation requires the skills of an experienced licensed pest control operator. 888-666-3974. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question.
0: Kathy in Indiana is on the line and is dealing with a bald spot on her roof when it's snowy out. And we've been getting a lot of snow this winter, so your house must look like it's in need of a toupee.
3: What's going on, <laughs> Kathy? Hi. Yes, we we just moved down here from Wisconsin down to Indiana. We bought this house, and um, we've been doing a lot of work on it. And when we got our first snow, I noticed on the back part there is a like a foot-and-a-half-inch diameter bald spot every time we got a snowfall. And we had a friend contractor come down. He went up in the attic, and he's like, there's nothing going on here. So the only thing we thought, well, maybe is going on is we have a heat pump, and we also have our dryer vent in that same area back there. And so now I had two different suggestions. He said to put a soffit venting on that whole area to get more air going up through there and possibly... Maybe it's coming from the heat pump, but um, then I went to um, Home Depot and I was talking to the guy there that seemed to know quite a bit, and he said that what he would do is take it and, and remove all the vented area, vented soffit in that area, and so if there is heat coming up, he said, but this shouldn't happen. and he said, this is, you know, this is what people do. They put their heat pumps outside, and he's never heard of anything like this before. So we ended up doing that, so we don't know yet if, if that actually helps it or not. but
1: Yeah, it's not, not hurting the roof, not having snow on that one spot. If you want to know why it's happening, it's because that spot is warmer than the other spots around it. Now, why is it warmer? Well, you mentioned there's a dryer exhaust duct there, near there. If the dryer exhaust duct is not completely sealed, if it's dumping warm air in there, that's going to heat up that spot over the roof. And then any snow that hits there is going to melt and roll down if the insulation has some gap in it of some sort, in there where more room air can get up and heat that area right above it, that could cause it as well. But I would not tell you to start messing with your venting and everything else just because you've got a foot and a half spot that doesn't or snow doesn't stick. You know, it's curious, but it's not a major problem, and I, I wouldn't recommend major work for it.
3: Okay, so it. We don't have to be concerned that there's heat getting up there, and it's going to cause mold and issues going on.
1: Well, I mean, I would, I would try, I would determine if there's an obvious source of warmth that's getting into that spot. But you know, actually, adding heat to that area is not necessarily going to cause mold. You get more mold in the the less heated spaces, frankly, because when you warm moist, when you warm air it, uh, it uh, you know, uses more moisture, essentially. That's why the warm air holds more moisture. So that, that's not really a concern. It's just kind of a curious thing. And, you know, if you've got a dryer vent that's right near there, I'd start with that because that would make perfect sense. If the dryer vent is, is losing some of its air right in that space, um, that's not a good idea either because you don't want to be dumping any lint into the attic. That could be dangerous, okay?
3: Okay, well, very good. Thank you.
1: All right, Kathy. Good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 888- money pit
0: michaelin in wisconsin is on the line needing some help insulating a crawl space tell us what's going on
5: well i hung some plastic and insulation from the ceiling of the crawl space and all the way around you know and i'm still getting drafts and air coming in like into the bedroom that faces the north by the wall
1: So you're getting drafts up through the walls? Is that where you feel like it's coming up?
5: Yeah, and up through, you know, the crawl space. There's half a basement, half a crawl space.
1: Okay. Now, what kind of insulation did you use, Michaeline?
5: Well, I used the black plastic, and I used the, like, the R stuff with (laughs) the...
1: The R stuff. Let's back up for a second, okay? The insulation that you put in... Is it was it unfaced insulation? Did you press it up into the floor choice, like nice no, and fluffy? No, I didn't
5: press it into the floor joist.
1: How? how did I you? I went hang with it?
5: what the Reader's Digest said: hang it from the ceiling of the floor down to the floor, you know, the flooring of the crawl space.
1: You know, so and, and w- where is the it? the insulation that goes up in that floor should be unfaced, should have no paper face, no plastic face, it should be unfaced and it should be big and fluffy and should be as thick as the crawl space floor. But here's here's the steps that if you had called me before you started this, here's what I would have told you to do. First of all, I would say the area on the outside of your house where we have what's called the box choice. That's the the beam that goes around the outside perimeter. Right. In that area, you want to seal the gaps with an expandable foam like Great Stuff or a product like that. On so the inside? On the inside, right. You seal that, you spray it, because you get little gaps that, that where air can come in around that. Then once that dries, it gets nice and hard. Don't try to scrape it away or cut it. It doesn't matter. Just uh, s- spray it, let it dry, stop right there. Don't cut away the excess. Then add some insulation. And the insulation would be unfaced fiberglass bats. If your floor joists were 2 by 10s I would put 10-inch fiberglass bats there. How do you support those? You use insulation hangers. They're like pieces of wire that stick in between the joists and let it hang there. And then on the crawl space floor, is it a dirt floor? Yes. So if it's a dirt floor, then you want to add the plastic right on the dirt floor. Then that's not for drafts. That's to stop that's moisture, for moisture from coming up. Okay. And those things, that's the best you can do for and that Michaeline, crawl space. And, when you're
0: putting the plastic on the floor of the crawl space, mm-hmm. if you, for some reason, have to use more than one sheet, make sure you overlap by, you know, two or three feet so that you're not getting any moisture releasing into it. Because, as Tom said, you know, the moisture can really reduce the effect that the insulation is going to have. Do
5: you t- do I tape it? Then if I've got to use more than one sheet? If
0: you overlap them by two or three feet, they'll stay.
1: Yeah, oh, they'll okay. stay. Gravity will hold it in place.
0: Okay.
1: All right, and that's it.
0: All right, thanks so much for calling the Money Pit. Hey, are you trying to do your part for the economy by buying American? Well, we'll tell you where to find tools made right here on domestic soil coming up.
5: hey
4: To the grocery store, have you ever noticed that you can smell the cleaning products four aisles away? That's indoor air pollution, and it's exactly what happens when you take those cleaning products inside your home. Shackley's green, chemical-free cleaning innovations are a better option. Shop Shackley Get Clean products today at GreenMyMoneyPit.com. That's GreenMyMoneyPit.com
1: making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
1: Well, even though the economy has taken its time bouncing back, there is definitely one bright spot, the increase in American manufacturing. Buying American-made goods is also becoming a priority for many consumers.
0: Well, if you want to buy American-made hand tools, look no further than Stanley Tools. Joining us now to talk about Stanley's made-in-the-USA tools is Phil Cox, the VP of hand tools for Stanley. Welcome, Phil.
6: Thank you very much. I thank you guys for your time today.
1: Well, there seems to be a resurgence in Made in America products, and we love that, and we know that Stanley has been at the forefront. What's made it possible in, in today's economy for more and more of this manufacturing to be done here, Phil?
6: Yeah, I think really from, from, a, from a hand tools perspective, what's allowed us to do that is by having key innovation for the end user. So by you know, what allows us to manufacture this product in the U.S. is the innovation as well as the quality And just overall accuracy of some of our products. So it's really allowed for us to maintain producing this product in the U.S.
1: And you produce a lot of products. In fact, you make over 10 million tapes annually. Is that correct?
6: Yeah, correct. Right here in uh, New Britain, Connecticut, which is where Stanley Black & Decker started. Um, We have a facility here that manufactures uh, tape measures seven days a week. Um, And the the business has been um, so, so good for us the last 18 to 24 months that we've actually invested a lot of money in the factory we've ink- we've added about 100 head, uh, 100 employees to the business and we continue to uh, it, you know man- man- manufacture 10 million tapes this year, and I think we'll hit about 11.5 million tape measures in 2015.
1: That's amazing. And if you're looking for made-in-the-USA products from Stanley, um, the one thing nice about these products is they're easy to find because they're labeled as such. In fact, they say made-in-the-USA with Global Materials logo, and those are on specially marked packages, correct?
6: Correct, yeah. And about halfway through the year, we we revamped our packaging. We inserted the image of a flag in the background of the packaging, as well as the call-out of the Made in USA piece on the packaging for everything that we make in our facilities in South Carolina as well as New Britain, Connecticut. And
1: one of those products is one of my favorites. It's the Stanley FatMax Auto-Lock Tape Rule. I've been using the FatMax tapes for many, many years because they have this 11-foot standout so the blade doesn't collapse when you're trying to do something.
6: Correct, yes. So our our newest addition to the FatMax product line is our FatMax Auto-Lock Tape. And really what it does, it allows for very convenient one-hand storage to bring the tape in and out. It also functions just like our traditional FatMax tape. You can you can remove the auto-lock feature by just the move of the button. And then, again, we know the number one end-user uh, requirement for tape measures is standout. And that tape, that measure does have 11 feet of standout, which allows you to measure across beams and do a lot of jobs that in the past would take two people to do that now you can do with one person.
0: Mm-hmm. I find that so helpful because I do a lot of measuring for window treatments on my own. And so that really helps to, you know, make sure that I'm not fumbling because a lot of times I'm doing this in front of a client and I have to actually know that I look like I know what I'm You'll doing.
6: You look good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great, yeah. And, and we, uh, you know, our product team spend a lot of time with the end users out in the field. And it's one of the things that you always feel good about that when you go out with, whether it's a carpenter or a framer, or someone doing interior finish work. They all, want to, they all want to stand out and kind of validate what your product roadmap
1: is. Another product line that you guys have really mastered is the toolbox line. And you have a whole line now of click-and-connect toolboxes, which really kind of give you a two-in-one sort of a, a efficiency, correct?
6: Correct, yeah. We launched our, our new line of our, our, what we call our two-in-one toolbox. We kind of have our name click-and-connect on there. And what it really does is that it's a toolbox. It's an organizer. It's a, it's a stackable storage solution that with minimal space, whether it's in the back of a truck, Maybe it's in a room. Maybe on the job site you have a storage area we can store your stuff. And this really allows for you to take, you know, to have all your tools there but gives you the ability to only take what you need to the location where you're working. So a big focus, again, is spending time with the end users. Um, we produce this in our, in our South Carolina factory. And it's just something that we've had great success with at all of our retail.
0: Yeah, you guys are always thinking about how everything is used and really looking at every detail. And it shows. I mean, the products are fantastic.
6: Yeah, I think something with a with Click & Connect toolbox, again, too, is something that, you know, everybody can have a big job box. And what we, we allow you to do is be able to take – if you're going to go do a task at the end of the day or you're going to start up the day and do something – you can just take the tools that you need to complete it.
1: Phil Cox, Vice President of Hand Tools for Stanley Black & Decker. What's next for the Stanley line, the Made in America products line?
6: I think really for us, we'll continue. We're going to bring some, um, some, t- some knives back to the U.S. that we produced overseas. So We'll be working on some new uh, knives here in both our, our DeWalt, Stanley Fat Max, as well as our Stanley brands i we're we'll producing in the U.S., And we actually have a new line of tape measures that will be launching in Q1 of next year, made in the USA as well. Uh, And that product will be available in stores in Q1.
1: Phil Cox, the vice president of hand tools for Stanley Black & Decker. Thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit.
6: Thank you guys. Well, have a great
1: day. And if you'd like more information on Stanley tools that are built in America, simply go to stanleytools.com slash build your America. That's stanleytools.com slash build your America.
0: Well, you're probably about to get your gas fireplace burning, if you haven't already. Thank you, Polar Vortex. <laughs> but are you sure it's safe? We've got your gas fireplace safety checklist after this.
5: You live in a money, money
4: Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Lutron's new Maestro Occupancy Sensing Switch. Never ask, who left the lights on again? Starting at around $20, this motion-sensing light switch turns the lights on automatically when you walk into a room and off when you leave, and works with all types of light bulbs. Learn more at LutronSensors.com.
1: Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
1: And we've got more than just home improvement advice. We've got great prizes, including a really cool one for one caller we talked to on the air this hour.
0: Yeah, it's the Delta Temp 20, which is an easy-to-install hand shower that tells you your water's temperature before you step in. It's got an LED readout that's color-coded, so there's no mistaking if it's too hot or too cold.
1: It's worth $80, and it's available exclusively at The Home Depot but it goes home with one caller who we answer this hour on the money pit so give us a call at one Money Pit 888
0: all right now we've got mike in iowa on the line who needs some help insulating a garage tell us about it
2: i uh, i have a three and a half or a four car, basically a four car garage underneath the house it's a ranch the trusses the floor it has trusses in it and uh it's cold in there. It gets cold here in Iowa, and stays, I don't know, 35, 45 degrees during the winter, even in the coldest day. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> it has batting insulation in it, but it's still cold, and, you know, our bedroom is above it. So I was thinking about putting some insulation in it, either in the bowling, drilling the holes and blowing it in, or just doing it around the outside, the outer walls. Or am I just wasting my time trying to do any better?
1: All right. So the garage ceiling, the walls between the garage and the house, should already be insulated. So what you're asking is, can you add additional insulation to the exterior garage walls? Is that correct? Because that would be, theoretically, the only part of this garage that was not insulated.
2: Correct. Well, the outer walls are concrete. So it's basically the ceiling I'm after, because the cold air goes up. Uh, the rooms above
1: the garage. So do you have any, Do you, the way the ceiling is configured, it's drywall right now? Correct. So there may not be any additional in room above that to add additional insulation. Like you mentioned blown in, if that ceiling was, in, was built correctly, there's already insulation there. So you may not be able to add more to that. This might be a situation where you need to improve the heat more than add to the ceiling insulation because short of building it downward so that you have more depth, I don't see how you're going to add additional insulation if it's already insulated.
2: Well, there's batting up there. I didn't know if it would uh, do any good to have them blow it in and pack it as tight as they can get it with uh, you know that
1: blowing insulation. No, because insulation doesn't work on being packed as tight as possible. Insulation works on the principle of trapped air. And so if you overpack the insulation, it becomes less effective, not more effective. Right.
2: All right, well, that tells me I would have wasted my money if I had, a, when I had somebody come out and blow it in.
1: I know, it might not be the answer you want, but at least we didn't have you spending money on something that wasn't going to work, Mike. I hope that does help. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
0: Well, a gas fireplace can deliver a warm glow on a chilly night and enjoy it to the fullest by making sure that it's not a hazard to your home.
1: Yep. Just like a traditional fireplace, a gas fireplace requires regular maintenance to run safely and efficiently, though. So you want to start with an annual maintenance inspection by a licensed plumber or a service expert so that they can check for any issues with things like the gas lines, the valves, the ventilation system, which is very important, and the fan, and then make any necessary repairs or adjustments to make sure your system's running safe.
0: Mm-hmm. And once the heating season is under, your way. You want to inspect the ceramic logs on a monthly basis, check for damage and breaks, and clean off any dust or dirt with a soft bristle brush.
1: And keep the fireplace's interior and glass doors clean as well with products designed specifically for fireplaces. And remember to never burn anything else in a gas fireplace than the gas it was designed to run with. 888 Give us a call right now with your home improvement question. Sandra
0: in South Dakota has a question about tile flooring. How can we help you with your project? We bought a
5: house that was built in 78, and I don't think it's been updated since then. And I want to start my redo with my bathroom. All right. And I've been wondering, I don't know whether I should go porcelain or ceramic or I'm stuck on what type of tile I should use.
1: Okay. So I see here uh, that you told our screener that you want a tile that can hold up to cats, dogs, and kids.
2: Yes.
1: Either porcelain or ceramic will work, but porcelain will be very expensive uh, for you. And, And ceramic tile, there's so many options in it. And as long as you get a glazed tile and that you use an epoxy grout that combination will be very easy to clean.
3: Okay, great. Thank you very much.
1: You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
0: David in Mississippi is on the line with some cracks in the foundation. Tell us what's going on.
2: My house is uh, eight years old or nine years old this year, but I got ceramic tile and, and it keeps cracking my ceramic tile. So
1: we're talking about cracks in the floor, David?
2: Yes. I hadn't seen none in the walls or nothing. I just in the floors with ceramic tile, and it's in different rooms too. So I know it's more than one crack. I just, uh, that, that's it's uh, the only thing I can think is a stress cracks from the concrete foundation.
1: Well, it may or it may not be. Now, when you put ceramic tile on a concrete floor like that, and especially in a large surface, um, there is an isolation membrane that. Uh, works well to go down in between the concrete and the tile. And that helps to prevent the condition that you're seeing. Unfortunately, there's no easy fix for this. There's no inexpensive way to to stop a floor from cracking if potentially it was installed improperly to begin with. The only general advice we can give you is to make sure you try to keep it as dry as possible down there because moisture is going to make the the slab move more.
2: Uh, well, let me ask you a question. What if I took the ceramic tile up and uh, put some hardwood floors in?
1: Well, you couldn't put solid hardwood floor because the moisture will cause it to warp. But what you could put in is engineered hardwood floor. And in fact, if you wanted to put engineered fl- hardwood floor in, you don't really have to take the ceramic tile up you can leave it down there and just go on top of it because it's not connected to the floor. It pretty much rides. It's a floating floor. It rides right on that surface. You'd put down a very thin underlayment underneath it. It's a very thin foam-like underlayment, like maybe a quarter-inch thick. And then the, the boards are snapped together and they sit on top of that. You just leave a gap at the edges of the room.
2: Okay. I sure appreciate it. I listen to y'all show all the time. I sure appreciate all the information I get from y'all.
1: You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
0: Well, it's pretty well known that poinsettia flowers, while they are very, very beautiful and of course super popular during the holiday season, are super dangerous if you eat them, but it turns out that other holiday flowers are actually far more toxic. We're going to tell you what they are and how to avoid poisonings after this.
2: You live in the pit. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer.
4: Need to get your house clean for the holidays? Why not get your house really clean by switching to Shackley? Shackley's Get Clean products rival or outperform 20 national brands. Plus, they're safe for you and safe for the environment. Shop Shackley Get Clean products today at GreenMyMoneyPit.com. That's GreenMyMoneyPit.com.
1: This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we want you to head over to Facebook.com slash The Money Pit for your chance to win big this holiday season. From there, click like to enter for your chance to win one of five Delta handheld showers with Temp2O technology. The hand shower is going to feature a digital and color-coded readout of the water temperature. And one sweepstakes grand prize winner receives the Delta Temp2O as well as a $500 gift card to the Home Depot. That is huge. So check it out at facebook.com slash Pit now.
1: Denise is writing us from North Carolina and says that my home's previous owner, patched with Cement, the corner where the outside wall meets the walkway. The slab is at the bottom edge of the wall. It pulled away from the wall and created a gap about an inch wide, which runs the entire 20 foot length of the house. The patch is falling apart. Didn't look like a very good job in the first place. I'm worried about water getting into this gap. What should I do to repair it? It's a good question. And what I would suggest you do is two things, Denise. First of all, I would dig out any soil or anything else that kind of got into that gap. Then I would insert what's called backer rod in there, which is sort of like a styrofoam piece that comes in different diameters. If it's an inch gap, you might buy an inch and a quarter backer rod. I want you to take that backer rod and set it right below the surface of the concrete. Maybe leave it about a quarter inch exposed of the concrete exposed, and then cover that with a flowable urethane. That seal will stay in there or right on top of the backer rod. It'll expand and contract with the concrete, and you will be good to go keeping water. Out at the same time.
0: All right, now we've got one from Jen in New Jersey who writes I keep seeing backsplashes made of small half inch glass tiles. Would it be cost efficient to cut those tiles myself rather than buy them in sheets? I do not think so. Plus, (laughs) I I think think it would be totally difficult to get them all uniformly sized. You know, Jen, it's super easy because all of these little, you know, half inch square tiles are laid out on a mat, perfectly spaced out, you know, on a 12 by 12 sheet of backing that you just put right into your tile adhesive. I don't think it gets more cost or time efficient than doing it that way. So just stick with the way it's supposed to be.
1: Well, it's a well known fact that poinsettias can be dangerous to humans and pets. But as it turns out, there are other holiday flowers that are actually far more toxic. And some can even be fatal if eaten even in just small quantities. Leslie's got the lowdown on holiday plant safety in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word.
0: Yeah, let's try to keep your holiday free of emergencies by keeping a few holiday plants just simply out of reach or maybe even out of your house altogether. Now, Holly, it's beautiful, it's very seasonal, it's got prickly leaves leaves, and they can sometimes be enough to keep the kids at bay because they're sharp, but don't leave any room for error when it comes to this holiday plant because consuming just one or two holly berries can cause a tummy ache, and eating as few as 20 holly berries causes death, so you got to be careful there. Now, mistletoe is another deceptive holiday plant. It goes hand-in-hand with romance, yes, but also nausea, diarrhea, blood pressure problems, and sometimes even fatalities when the berries are eating, so not so much a romantic topic There, which is all the more reason to keep mistletoe hung up very high on the ceiling or above the doorway where it belongs. Amaryllis and paperwhite narcissus, they can cause heart arrhythmia and convulsions if their bulbs are digested. And pets are especially susceptible to these flowers. So keep them far from reach of any hungry or curious animal. Now, if you think that one of these plants was eaten, call your local poison control center. Plan to be asked the name of the plant as well as the exact parts and amount that was consumed. Also, be prepared to provide the approximate time when it was eaten, the age of the person or pet, the weight and the condition. These are going to be critical to getting the proper care in the event of a holiday plant emergency. So think about these things. While they're gorgeous, maybe you just want to skip them this year.
1: Coming up next time on The Money Pit, is your tool collection complete? Don't be so sure. We're going to talk about three tools that are often overlooked by do-it-yourselfers that are crucial to successful projects. We'll tell you what they are on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
1: Remember, you can do it yourself,
0: but you don't have to do it alone.